welcome to the Cosmic Creatrix podcast. Robin Rivera, your host here, and this is a space for the magical woman to give herself permission to be all that she can be and to walk away with tools for self-healing and right livelihood. You are worthy of abundance. I see you. I know you. I am you, a feminine being who has the ability to create with cosmic potential. So open your heart, open your mind, and join me on this adventure we call life. Hello, Creatresses. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm super excited to have on our guest, Mackenzie Eason. She is a love and relationship coach, and I just felt so compelled by her story and the things that she's had to say that I knew I had to get her on the show to share her wisdom and the nuggets that she's learned along her journey that are totally applicable to you all um, in regards to love and relationships. So thank you for saying yes to the show, Mackenzie, and I'd mm. love to hear from you. How would you introduce yourself? What, what is the, it that you do in the world today? Mm. Thank you for that introduction and for having me. I just, my heart lights up so much having these conversations. Um, so yeah, really honored to be here. And yeah, in terms of how I would introduce myself or articulate the work I do, um, so I am a love and relationship coach, and I focus on helping women in particular heal from toxic relationships, heartbreak, and codependency so that they can really have this thriving, radiant love life that they know is possible. Yeah. Um, and for me, a really thriving, healthy love life is beyond just finding the one or something like that. It's a whole way of living in the world and to yourself. Um, that really changes everything. And I really specialize, like a lot of my work with clients is around emotional mastery, really clear communication, and what I call reclamation work. So really stepping into your power and reclaiming your life after you've had an experience of being manipulated um, or having abusive relationships and really stepping into your life again. Mm, thank you for that. And speaking to those aspects, I just see um, it's so applicable to pretty much everyone because relationships is generally the hardest thing. Oh my humans. gosh. It's totally. the most triggering thing. And we all want more love. We all want to feel love and connection, yet we come against these roadblocks. And also, I think there's a, a huge prevalence. I can't speak to olden days. It was probably a lot more violent, but I see now a prevalence of emotional abuse and manipulation. I've experienced it myself. I'm still experiencing it with certain people in my life. And it's taken mm -hmm. a great deal of digging deep in the inner mastery for me to navigate that and not be knocked down every time I encounter it. And so I would love to hear what is your take on what do you what are you seeing as uh, in the collective consciousness in regards to unhealthy relationships? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you spoke to that because I think the the emotional abuse or the verbal abuse is still very prevalent. And you know, my experience of like my personal journey and what I help a lot of women with is seeing there's a lot of myth around 
what a conscious, healthy relationship is, um, especially around the ideas of like twin flame, that kind of a thing or a spiritual <laughs> relationship. And so often that actually becomes a blind spot to being able to really see, wow, this relationship's actually very toxic for me. Um, this isn't just us doing our inner work together. I'm at, uh, there's actual, like some verbal abuse here. There's some big boundaries that need to come into play or wow, I'm actually really not being under, honored or there's just so much material here that it's not healing. There's no traction here. Um, mm. It's really destabilizing, re-traumatizing. Mm. Um, Tell so me that's, a little more about the, what do you mean by mm. material? I think that that is a juicy point. When you said uh, that there may be just so much material that people can't get traction, what would that, mm. like that look yeah. like? Yeah, so there's usually a sweet spot within any relationship. So when you're in connection with someone, there's going to be stuff that comes up. So love and relationships are a vehicle for growth and transformation. And ideally you want to have a partner where the amount of material that's coming up triggers or stuff you're bumping into is at a level where you can digest it. Mm. And there's enough stability and harmony in the relationship where, yeah, you bump into things, but it's, you can go back into stability and harmony and digest and dip back into the goodness. Um, mm -hmm. And things get out of whack when you and your partner, it's so tumultuous and there's so much deep wounding coming up constantly that there's zero space to integrate it and it yeah. stops being productive and it's actually beyond the place of like, ooh, here's a taste of this trigger so I can do this deeper healing. It goes into, oh, this is actually repeating the trauma and traumatizing me further if it's trauma that's coming up but it, yeah it's um yeah there's definitely a sweet spot there yeah yeah i i love that you spoke to that because i think that can be really confusing for people it's like how mm. much is too much like is this healthy is it not healthy and so i think it can be very confusing for people who don't have a great example to base it off of. Yeah. Yeah. And that was totally in my own journey. I was in an emotionally and verbally abusive relationship and I the whole time just thought, Oh, I'll just keep being really compassionate for my partner. And this is just what a twin flame relationship is. We're just stirring each other's stuff up. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that actually kept me in a really toxic, abusive relationship for a long time until I really, truly hit this rock bottom. And actually, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine recently who I was close to during that time, and he was also in connection with my partner at the time, and he had to take space from this person because he saw that person verbally abusing me and it was like oh my gosh I can't create with this person wow. and I was so blind to it I was just like oh he's just you know this is his mom stuff coming up it's fine yeah. um so anyways there's so many nuances to it and there's not always like you know if here's a bullet point things and if that's there you should leave there's yeah. you know there's deeper layers to it but it's something really important to track and really inquire into that is that I find a lot of people um yeah it, it's tricky it can be a tricky space 
Yeah. I mean, I can speak to my own journey. It's been such a, uh, a, a training ground to deepen my relationship with myself so that I can trust my intuition. So I can trust mm-hmm. what I feel and I see. And it, I've had to learn it the very, very hard way until finally I was like, oh my God, I've been right every time. Not feeling adored feels like not being adored. <laughs> like, <laughs> being love feels like love. And then all the other stuff, yeah, the nuances, now we can play in that realm. But just getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I can trust myself when I I don't like something because I just don't like it and I don't need a reason. I don't need, you know, to pathologize myself or to compare myself, but have self-autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, a lot, so much of it goes back to that certain level of self-trust. And so many of us, I know for myself, I also had to learn the hard way. And I think that's the same really toxic relationship I was in was basically my training ground of self-trust and boundaries and speaking my truth and that relationship that my ex-partner was a total charmer just Mm -hmm. very charming very convicted very manipulative and so it it you know i impacted by it because there was a gap in my own self-trust yeah and so i was very susceptible to his conviction to him telling me what my reality was oh god um and so that has been this huge my own reclamation over the last several several years has been healing that piece yeah it it can be so destabilizing i have experienced that myself of someone telling you what the reality is and it being so ass backwards it was like <laughs> what how how could you possibly think i'm going to believe that and then them saying they have evidence to prove it it's like okay this is sick but it's maddening and if if you don't have like that solid foundation on self love and self trust and you know validation from sisterhood or whatever you need whatever mm-hmm. it is that safety in yourself, it could be easily like self-sabotaging and earth shattering to have somebody rock your own perception of reality. Absolutely. And I think for a lot of women I see, there's such a, it comes so often from a really sincere place of like, I want to do my work and I always want to take responsibility and I always want to inquire. And yes, a hundred percent stay humble, stay open to feedback and listen deeply to yourself, trust yourself, Mm -hmm. get perspective, like really sit with someone's feedback before you take it on as truth and and hold your ground also. So it's, it's such an important piece. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your story. And I would, I would love to hear how those experiences with, um, being in a toxic relationship and really not being able to trust yourself, how has that fueled you and propelled you into this work? Like what, what was that kind of inspiration that birthed from it? Hmm. You know, I think for me, it really basically placed me in rock bottom mm-hmm. and really forced me to see like a lot of how number one I find that relationships can really determine your quality of life Um, it can have a really big contributing factor and so through that experience of feeling so rocked and destabilized I really saw how big of an impact that had in my whole existence 
And another part of my journey was it, it brought me from a space of being in a very ungrounded, unsourced in myself sort of spirituality into a grounded, embodied, deeper path of love um, that I find now that relationships are such a beautiful vehicle for um, because you can't, you can't really bypass. I mean, you can try to, and often relationships get really wonky and weird when that's happening, but it's a real grounded experience that is a medium in which for you to embody love in these ways and an access point into a lot of your own inner work. Mm. Um, and so that whole process really brought me into myself and made me face feelings and take accountability for my life in a way that I've seen translate into every single area of my life. Yeah. Mm. And so that really kind of hit this place in my being. And, and I had always been really passionate about supporting women and families in different capacities and being on a healing path in different ways. Um, but it all came together with feeling this relationship piece. So that really propelled the rest of my work in the world. Mm, yeah, I, I, I relate and it feels so true to me that relationships are making up the contents of your life, the, the value of your life. And that, that's that access point of, of really experiencing the depths of love and intimacy and more than just the romantic partnership, but friends and acquaintances and yes. coworkers. And it, how juicy it can be when we allow ourselves to nurture that part of humanity, of our humanity. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm interested in something you wrote about um, spiritual gaslighting. I think that this is an interesting topic and it's mm -hmm. something that I have come across um, in some of the anti-human trafficking trainings that I've done because it is, um, it is a, a mind control tactic that even sex traffickers are using. And so I'm interested to hear your take on the definition of spiritual gaslighting, what that might look like and what people can do to help themselves identify mm. out of this yeah so spiritual gaslighting it goes a lot around circles back around what we were seeing before around someone telling you what your reality is mm -hmm. um and so it's basically a form of manipulation in which someone basically detours around taking any self-responsibility and places it all on you and and to such an effect where it makes you doubt your own perception of reality. Um, and so spiritual gaslighting is gaslighting that same definition, but using spiritual concepts and terms. Mm -hmm. So spiritual gaslighting would look like if you brought, um, you know, you see this actually in a lot of some of the documentaries that have come out with some of the different spiritual leaders who we're doing sexual abuse and really mm -hmm. not okay stuff a lot of times if people were to confront them the person would say oh well this is just you know you're just not connected to love and light enough or do you just need to do more shadow work this is nothing to do with this me. is that you're projecting <laughs> like this is you projecting everything's nothing to do with me <laughs> so yes. yeah and so just basically this total um, denial of your experience yeah. and putting it back on you, meaning this is, 
the reason this is happening is your spiritual inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really kind of sneaky place. Um, especially if you have this part of you that wants to be like a good spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And if you have had a history of giving your, what I would call like your authority away, or especially your spirit authority over to someone else. Yeah, I have actually experienced this personally when I first uh, started participating in the medicine communities. I had gone on a date with a medicine yep. guy, and it's it ended. I ended up feeling not very honored, and there was some there was some weirdness. I'm not even going to go into details in this moment, but there was some some weirdness. And and as soon as I had the courage to speak to it and to stand up for myself in in a courageous but still kind of bashful way, it was mm-hmm. turned around on me as like, oh, I think you're projecting, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. And it was so painful. And, and it came around that this person actually finally took ownership of their their mistake and their manipulation and use of women. And he had told me things like, oh, you're a dakini, oh, you're spiritually gifted, oh, this and mm-hmm. all these things. And I thought, wow, like now I'm so grateful for that because I am someone that has experienced um, real sexual abuse and, um, and exploitation and uh, emotional manipulation in the past. And this was kind of like the last straw, like, oh, it happens here too in this seemingly safe spiritual community uh-huh. in this way and how I can still trust myself even in this new you know, version evolved and like growing up version of myself. So it was, it was hugely informative, but so um, confusing because here there are people you think you can trust. You think they're therapists, they're shaman, they're doing all this stuff in the world, but in, actually they are, ha- they're human. They're human mm-hmm. and they can be confused about how to communicate with women too and get what they want. And I think it's really about like a, a them not being able to take personal responsibility. It's just another way to push responsibility onto someone else. And it worked for them at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so feel you in what you're speaking to. And I find that it's the medicine community I find is an area where I find that dynamic happening for sure. Cause I think there's something, there's like a certain allure and like specialness to mm. working with a shaman. And there's this inherent sense of they, there's a difference between, Oh, this is their specialty. They're very versed in the, this modality, like mm. anyone you would work with who has a specialization, but there's a certain charm and allure to someone who's like a medicine man or a shaman. Yeah. And it's just perfect entry point into, um, yeah, giving your power away or feeling very, and not to mention if you're in a space where you're taking medicine, yeah. your energy field is totally oh, yeah. opened up. You're extremely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had my own version of having to learn that lesson. And I think I'm glad you spoke to the confusion of it because I think in some ways there's a certain way where it's, it's extra mm, slippery or sneaky because you think it's a spiritual space. So you add even more trust to it, but it can be an even brighter blind spot to the person who's doing it and yourself. So 
Yeah. And for me, that was a tipping point too. Cause it was like, like I said, it was like, Oh, I thought I was better now. I thought I was so mm. far involved. Oh, I honor my temple. And actually it was like, no, look at like, there's still so, there's still so much more work to do. And as soon as it happened in that context, and I felt even more embarrassed and ashamed because here there are people that I value what they think of me. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and now I have to stand up in this way to this seemingly powerful man and community who everybody adores, it was such a um, tipping point for me. Because after that, after I said no to that, I never, I never even went on a date or gave someone the time of day that didn't come to me with full love and respect. And so for me, it was like a huge awakening. Um, But it it also evoked this passion in me to, um, to talk about these things with other women, because it was so sneaky. Like you said, it was extra sneaky. (laughs) Yeah. Extra sneaky, extra slippery. Yeah. 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 I feel that too. And I think I'm so, I feel this kindred space in my heart with your passion for that too because I think there's a lot of women who are suffering and confused and internalizing these really painful confusing experiences and it's so important to be talking about it yeah and it's so scary to stand up to them like it's any any man in power but especially in these like spiritual communities where you it's like it's not it's not like the strip club it's like you know this is you know where people have reputations and people care about what you think and you know there's so much writing social um social influence writing around it and mm-hmm. and me being someone that holds my own circles it was horrifying to have to stand up to somebody that also you know that I, I it might ruin my reputation to do that and like so I'm thinking about other women you know what about the other women he was doing this to you know and that would never want to stand up to him and so that's what really empowered me to do it because it was like what's wrong is wrong and it's like somebody has to say something fine i will i'll be i'll be the one and it was really embarrassing but also necessary and so going forward is just like big big eyes open all the time mm. big eyes open for me big eye big eyes open for my sisters and really trying to empower people to think for themselves and to stay curious and self-autonomous and to choose their facilitators and people they work with in any modality very carefully um, and not to give away their power, ultimately listening to their self. But yeah. 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 That discernment is so key. And I think, oh, so, so especially in the medicine space, I, I had to learn the hard way too, being in some circles that were really not okay what was happening in the whole group field and yeah it's just such a a vulnerable space and and like you said I think there is this added piece if your community is at stake yeah or your reputation um it makes a really big factor and it's so huge to be able to to stand up for yourself in the face of it and knowing that like this it's, it's worth the risk of losing community or whatever it is to be, to, to like re, to reclaim and, yeah. and really speak to some things that are, that are really off and most likely other people are experiencing too. Yeah, totally. It's such a, it's such a, a really extremely vulnerable place. And 
Yeah. So I, I think that the more people that speak out about it in a way that is not man hating and in a way that is just really mm-hmm. taking a lot of self-responsibility, you know, it, it, I think it will speak volumes to people and raise awareness. And we're already seeing it. I've seen articles by Chuck Kruna and, and things like that and other people that have a pretty powerful voice. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And so I, what is, what is your, current offerings right now like what is the most alive thing for you in the work that you do what's what's really popping right now Mm. well there's two pieces and I'm really really excited about um so with 2020 I just began doing a six-month mentorship with women where it's just my deepest offering where Mm -hmm. um, we really go to all the parts and pieces and like really truly carry women all the way through onto the other side um, Mm -hmm. into their version of a thriving radiant love life Um, and so that's really alive and been really exciting to drop in with some of my clients in that deeper space in that really solid container and the other thing I'm really excited about in April I'll be having a group program that's about four months long And it is all around giving you the tools and in essence to have this really connected, empowered, self-loving, self-trusting, capable skill set and relationship within yourself um, in order to, to have thriving relationships, to move in life in a way that's really embodied in your love. Um, and navigate the dating scene or new connections, um, set boundaries. There's so many parts and pieces and also have a container of sisters who are devoted to doing that same work. I find that, you know, even especially with these experiences of um, gaslighting or manipulation or emotional overwhelm, we can, it's easy to isolate and think I must be the only one who experiences this or look at social media. Everyone else seems to have it figured out. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's also a training ground of of, like experiencing authentic connection and sisterhood Mm -hmm. Um, along this path of like, for lack of a better word, like embodied heart, like really living that path, which Mm -hmm. inherently will bring you more juicy, yummy, stable healthy relationships right yeah and i found it so even if you're already in a relationship it feeds relationships so much when you have sisterhood outside the Mm. relationship it's just like so much better oh my gosh it's night and day (laughs) biggest biggest difference and i think you know i in retrospect when i was going through the thick of my relationship hell and trauma (laughs) my rock bottom I didn't have the support that I needed and I think if I had had a stronger community of women I would have I think felt way less alone and way stronger to leave the relationship sooner or make the changes I needed sooner and someone to bounce the information off of have a second opinion maybe (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And truly, yeah. Like my, for sure, my life pivoted when I invested in containers of community and sistership and also invested in someone to be their whole role in my life was to be a support person that obviously I was discerning and trusting with, but um, just, oh, it's so valuable. 
so, yeah. so valuable. Yeah, yeah. I, I can feel and sense the value in that from my own experience and just feeling into what people are most needing, um, being alone on that path and confused and and just needing uh, more guidance, more sisterhood. We're so divided, especially in our country and this kind of like individualistic model and I, and then having everything be on the internet. Like I think mm. more, and more people are craving and needing and desiring human to human connection, even if it's just the voice <laughs> instead of reading a text. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I find that. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear from you. What is your definition of a healthy, thriving relationship for you? For me? For you. Mm-hmm. Mm. For me in my life, a healthy, thriving relationship, there's this, there is alignment in terms of um, values and what I want to create in this life. Um, there's this sense, like I, we were speaking to before, where there's a certain level of stability and harmony within the relationship. There's a willingness from both people to really show up and communicate clearly with transparency and heart and vulnerability. There's a certain willingness to do the work basically. Um, what I call scooting up to the table. So a really <laughs> healthy thriving relationship is when both people, when there's conflict, when there's something weird that happened, when there's a painful disconnect, when whatever it is, um, that they're willing to scoot their chair up to the table and really meet it and greet it with so much care and love. Um, And then I also think a thriving, radiant relationship is one that does uplift you ultimately, that has traction for your healing and really supports and uplifts you on your path, um, where you really feel like you have an ally and that there's a mix of sovereignty and deep bonding and togetherness. Um, A lot of the work I do is helping women heal codependent patterns, um, which I also think is a lifelong practice and path. Um, and there's also a lot of juicy, yum, fun, and play that mm-hmm. balances things out. Um, there's a phrase that my dear friend and colleague, uh, Luna Love, I don't know if you're familiar with her work. I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I once came, actually, I came to Luna several years ago while I was in the thick of a really deep process. And she asked me, she's like, what do you think, what's the play to processing ratio in this relationship? And it really like stopped me wow. in my tracks. And I was yeah, like, that's oh. the thing I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh shit. It's like, <laughs> it's like 95% processing, maybe even more. Yeah. Um, and like zero fun and play. Um, <laughs> and so I, you know, that's an, something I like to track. And um, I think a thriving, radiant relationship has that balance where, yeah, you're doing deep work, you're processing things, things come up, but you're also playing and having like delicious, amazing new experiences together and you're feeling mm-hmm. uplifted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what would you say? I know this is very, you know, 
it has to be personalized, but in general, what would you say someone can do if they find themselves in their relationship where there is an imbalance in the play to processing ratio? What, mm-hmm. what would somebody begin to do? I think the first step is I would begin to inquire and get curious about why that is. Mm-hmm. So really start to look at, are we processing about the same thing? Is there a theme here that we keep bumping into over and over again? Mm-hmm. Um, is it, we're just kind of, it's a habit that happens for some couples that they, there is, there's, they're still aligned to be in relationship together, but they're at some level, they've become addicted or just very familiarized with the processing pathway, basically. So they'll route to that even when it's not even needed. So, so yeah, looking at, is there a theme here and a sense of why this is happening? And is there either, are we, and also looking at like, are we being really efficient when we're processing through something? So are we just touching into it every time, but not really getting to the heart of the matter? Mm -hmm. Um, But then sometimes it is like, oh, wow, we're processing so much because underneath all of this, there's a really core place where we're not meeting each other. And there's some big misalignments here or some really big gaps here in our connection and some really big healing that we really need to look at and really tune in. Is this a healthy, aligned relationship? Does it really serve us to be here? Um, sometimes having so much processing and constantly feeling like shit's up and you can't work through things. Sometimes that is the case. And sometimes it's a matter of habit. Sometimes it's a matter of um, not being efficient or getting to the heart of things. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for everything that you've shared and for your work and your offering of turning something dark into something beautiful and useful. Is there any last words that you would want to leave for a woman listening who is feeling inspired um, by this idea of sovereignty and healthy relationships and really just wanting to thrive? Is there something you would have to say to her as a closing statement? Hmm. I love that question. Let's <laughs> sit with it just for a second. Mm-hmm. See what's what's here. I think what really stands out is really being, in essence, gentle and sweet with yourself along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, so much of this work involves tending to old hurts or young parts of ourselves. Um, And really the more nurturing care and love we can just slather all over this work is it just, it helps so, so much. And so I think that's what is coming through strongly right now is this sense of really deep care um, and connection to your heart and your innocence and that this is a practice and it's not like love performance or (laughs) love, you know, relationship perfection. Um, Like you're inherently going to have learning curves, you know, Um, that it's just part of it. And so the more we can soften into it and be sweet with ourselves, um, 
the, the, honestly, the better results we'll have and the more alive and loving we'll feel in our lives as a whole. So, so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to say, I'd love to offer every once in a while, I offer a free call and I'd love to offer one to any of the podcast listeners. It's my emotional mastery and radiant relationship call. So it's like about a 45 minute call where you really hear about what you're working with and offer some perspective and feedback of like a little bit of a map of how you can move forward. Um, and it's a complimentary call. So mm. if anyone's listening to this and you want to snag it, um, I'd be so delighted to offer it. Um, and I guess the best way is my, my Instagram is um, underscore honey at the heart. Um, so if you're listening, just shoot me a DM there. Um, I love connecting with peeps there and you can get it going. Great. That's wonderful. And I'll also put it in the show notes, uh, how they can get a hold of you through Instagram. Perfect. Hey, thank you so much, Mackenzie. Bless your life. Bless your mm-hmm. relationships and the work that you do in the world. Oh, thank you so much, Robin. My heart feels so lit up from our conversation. Yay. Yeah, so good. All right. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Cosmic Creatrix podcast. I hope that this episode has touched you in some kind of way. You can definitely support us by going ahead and subscribing and leaving a bomb review. This will help us reach more women and impact worldwide. And I'd love to connect with you more on Instagram around topics of healing and conscious entrepreneurship. So follow me on Instagram at Robin Rivera Ignites. And if you like to see how I work with people, go ahead and check out my website, RobinRiveraIgnites.com. Join us next week for more feminine wisdom, inspiration, and practical tools for the modern day magical woman. See you next time.